G'day and welcome to the Hunting Connection Podcast. My name is Zach Williams and I am your host. Here we'll connect you with hunters, fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe. This podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces. We hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way. Hope you enjoy the podcast. G'day and welcome to another episode. Today my guest is Joshua Haynes. Um, If you guys are on Instagram or any of the hunting pages in Australia, you will know this this guy very well. Um, He's a hell of a deer hunter, a great dad, a great fisherman and just an all-round great outdoorsman. Welcome Josh. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. So let's get straight into it man. Where are you from? I'm from uh, Adelaide, South Australia, live in Panorama. Yep. But originally from the southeast of South Australia, down at Pathway. So. Okay, so when did you move into actual Adelaide itself? Um, I was 18 years old when I first came up here. Um, came up for work. So I was an apprentice chippy. Awesome. Yeah. And you're still in the chippy game now? Um, I am still a carpenter, but I'm more maintenance at the Royal Adelaide now. Yep, yep, yeah. awesome, awesome. How old are how old are you, Josh? Um, I'm 35. 35. Yep, awesome. We've just covered this. What do you do for work? But that's maintenance. So, how did you get into hunting and fishing? Basically, from a young kid, like your young boys, um, and as, as yourself, being a young dad as well. Basically, my old man took me out hunting and fishing and stuff like that as a young boy. Uh-huh. So, just on the farm growing up. And, yeah, just eventuated from that. So what did you start off with? Like a slug gun, yeah, slingshot, air, bow? Yep, air rifle um, and the slingshot, which the old man confiscated many times. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know the, that feeling. Yeah, but the the um, slingshot, mate, got me in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Smashing windows, shooting stuff you shouldn't be shooting. <laughs> oh, we, all, we all started, like, me and you have a very, very similar origin story to say, you know, air rifle and slingshot and, you yeah. know, no no pigeons were safe in the in the backyard, that's for sure. Nothing was safe with <laughs> a slug gun, mate. When I updated from the slingshot to the air rifle, she was she was on. <laughs> Man, I, I couldn't tell you how many um like feral pigeons and turtleneck doves and stuff I ate as a kid. Oh. I'd shoot them. I'd be made to pluck them and gut them, and then yep. my nan would cook them up in the oven in a nice onion gravy for me. Cannot beat nan's cooking. Oh, oh, pigeons, hun- anything, quails. Oh, pigeons are so underrated for just like an edible species. If you need something that's quick and easy, they're in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, was speaking to a bloke at work today, and he was talking about um, one of his mates soaks grain in alcohol. And gets the oh, gets, gets, him, gets, him, gets him tipsy and then just walks up and picks them up, puts them in a bag, oh, dispatches right. them and cooks That's them. It's like um, pre-marinated before you Yeah. Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Select your flavour grain. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, what's your gear run through, man? Um, I've got a bit of a mixed bag of gear at the moment, but I'm currently updating that through Spiker Gear, yep. which I find very, very effective in the field. Um, but, yeah, backpack. Binos, bino harness, which is really handy because you can have your rangefinder in there, your glasses, like your um, like your glass cleaner for your scope with uh-huh. your binos. Um, good pair of boots, which I run volleys. 
So <laughs> yeah, I've story. heard many stories stories about your your volley adventures. Yep. That's for sure. What um, pack are you running? I'm at, currently running a Badlands backpack. Yep, but I'll be upgrading that to a Spiker um, day pack. The Spiker um, packs aren't too bad. I've uh, a few of the guys yeah. I hunt with run them. Nice, yeah, yep. good quality gear for sure. Yeah, so I'll be getting that. Um, good set of binos. Um, range finder's handy, but sometimes, like well, where I hunt, I don't really use that too much. Um, just because I'm get, I'm normally stalking in and getting in close, I can. So, what's um, your uh, rifle setup that you're running um, at the I've moment curr- for deer? I've currently got a Sauer 100 Timber Classic, uh-huh. which is 300 wind mag, and that's got it's a good caliber. S- yeah, very nice. You run one yourself. Yep. <laughs> and I've got a Swarovski uh, three to twelve by fifty on that, which very is a C3. nice. And that glass and that's sensational for especially for early early morning and. Um, Late afternoon hunting. I've heard great things. I just can't afford that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are, they, they are expensive, but um, yeah, now that that's chalk and cheese, like in in amongst other stuff. But and then just run Leopold rings on my gun, so there's no movement. So. Yeah, Leopold Leopold rings are good. That's what I run. Leopold rings and yeah. rails. Um, like I've said once before, if you buy a factory rifle and it comes with factory rings, flog them off, buy something else because they are way better. Hold, 100%. Hold, hold your gear tight. You won't 100%. have any movement. 100%. Um, what bow do you, archery gear you run? Uh, currently, I've got a PSE Bow Madness yep. 32, and that's I've had it tuned to 76 pound. Uh-huh. Um, but when I'm bow fishing, I'd have backed that right off because it smashes through them, as you know. It does, it does. Um, and that's, yeah, I use Naptime ar- Archery Arrows. Great, um, great. And that's, that's yeah. what I run. i got a... Bunch right next to me that I oh, need beautiful. to fletch up, and then yep. a bunch that I need to cut down. Getting ready for the rut. Looking at what I'm looking at, you can never have too many arrows. No, those. no. I've tried a bunch <laughs> of different arrows, but there's a reason I keep going back to nap time. Yeah. What uh, heads are you running? Um, I've got the Madmans. Madmans. Yep. Yeah. They're really. They're awesome. They're a uh, three blade, aren't they? Yes, I yep. think so. Yep. Yep. Got me thinking now. I don't. I, I do shoot bow, but I don't shoot it enough. They're um, are, those ones are they're red, aren't they? I think maybe silver and black. Silver and black. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. They're really good. Like I shot a couple of goats um, not long ago with them, and was straight through both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one arrow, one shot. And yeah, I remember you posting up the photo. I was like, far out. I didn't realise I hit two, but when I looked at the video, I was like, far out, hit two. So I was like, oh well, and I checked them up. One went twenty, one went sixty. Yeah, I've <laughs> I, I done the same thing many years ago. I um shot at a black and white goat that was in some in some brush, and when I walked up to it, there was a black goat and a white goat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, both double lung arrow went through both of them Perfect. out the other side. So yeah, yep. you can't get much better than that. Yeah, best thing about the bow is you can pick your arrow up and then use it again. A hundred percent. I carry just a little little steel sharpener in there in the yep. backpack just to give a yeah. I, I run the uh, Van Diemen okay. one hundred twenty five grain two blade heads nice. single bevel. Beautiful, yep. beautiful head. Um, what's in your hunting pack? What do you carry? Um, in my backpack, I got a two liter water bladder, which is essential for very essential. hunting here because it's pretty warm. And um, you got to walk long, long, long kilometres. So um, you got to have a. Richard was talking about that last week. Yeah, you, you cover <laughs> cover some good ground ground down there in southeast of South Australia. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You got to put the the kilometres on your feet. Otherwise, you won't see what you look like. Well, you 
you, do, you never know what's over next hill. Yeah, so yeah. You just got to keep pushing. That's what he was saying. Yeah, you just don't know. And, and being on a large property as well, you, you can see a few young deer there. Then you go, well, what's over there if they're out? And then, bang, you're on to something cool. You're very spoiled for choice down in the southeast, running to yeah. multiple species on a hunt. Oh, definitely, yeah. No, I'm very um, blessed to have what I've got in my block. So. 100%. Um, what snacks in that do you carry? you carry any snacks when you go out? Um, I've, I've got like a breville pack, which is like um, like your beer, biscuit, drink, like whatever. Like they have it see on the bar and that. Yeah, and yeah. Like peanuts and crackers and... Like, I don't know what you call it, but crusket type stuff. Yep, yep, I know just what you're talking about. That, yeah, high in protein stuff and that, but, you know, that's just a essential if I need it. What about sugar? Carry any sugary snacks out with you? Nah, when I'm in Victoria Assembly, I take a Mars bar or something in. Um, just because if you shoot one, you need that to get it out. But nah, not, not down there generally because I just go out for the morning drinking water and, uh-huh. and that. I just keep charging. So Yeah, you have some yeah. uh, pretty good breakfast cook-ups, judging by your Instagram <laughs> yeah. stories, you know. Some yeah. venison, bacon and eggs cooked over that uh, that hot plate that you got on the on the swinging hot plate. Definitely, yeah. Now that swing on, swing off hot plate definitely does the job. But yeah, I walk like 15, 20 k's that morning. I come back and like the fire's still going from the night before and... Yeah, we have a heck of a feast cook up. So yeah, that's that's what you want, man. That's yeah. what you want for sure. Yeah, you got to eat well. What um, knives and stuff are you carrying in your pack? Um, I've got FDIC and um, Optic hunting knives as well in yeah. my backpack. So I use FDIC steel, um, the Optic six inch boner <laughs> knife, and then um, I've got uh, like a scalpel blade on a quick clip thing from Spiker. Uh-huh. And that's really good. Yeah, I like those detachable blade knives. I've got yeah. the Gerber version. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. I think every episode, we've, every guest has had a de- detachable blade knife. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard was saying last 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 episode that um, you gave him gave him a couple eftig knives with the yep. uh, ball on the end yeah, yeah, for gutting. Yeah, yeah. They, they are, mate. If you haven't seen one of those guys, it's a... It's a knife with a uh, steel ball on the end, so it's a gutting knife, and also I use it for doing my main cuts on my caping and my skinning. Yeah, they're, they're it's, great. It's just so efficient. Like, um, I think they call it a, a um, F-Dick gut knife. Yeah. Yeah, but Optic Hunting sent them as well, but, yeah, they're, they're really good. So Yeah, I've got a couple of them floating around from my abattoir days, and, yeah, yeah. I've yep. I've got them in, one in my pack yep. all the time. They um, Especially when I can string up a deer, they make doing all the... Um, Caping cuts, awesome. Definitely. Especially like when you're running down yep. the legs and run yep. around the gut when you want to separate the skin from the from the actual flesh of the animal. That's right. There's no um, there's no pop guts as well. You got like you cut a little snick in between the legs and just run it down the guts, and then you cut the white bone between the ribs. Yeah. So, so yeah, just go straight through that. Yeah, I I cut down straight straight down the middle of the ribs with the knife all the way down to the the base of the throat, yep. and just makes easy work of. Yeah, yeah, they're a really good knife. Zach can post up a picture of one of them. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to <laughs> go find one in my hunting gear somewhere. It's at the bottom of my bag somewhere. What would your top beginner tip be? Top beginner tip um, for someone who's just started out hunting would be wind in your face um, and just pick your property or your property owner's brain about where your low and high points are on the property and, and basically scrubby, scrubby points as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I've I've found like finding out the layout of the land's really good because the amount of farmers I've spoken to and property owners I've spoken to that you speak to them and they're like, oh, I might see a deer once a year. We don't have that many here. 
and then you put the time in and you see a dozen every time you go out. It's yep. just because they're making too much noise and they're not looking yep. for it. Once you actually slow down and you got the wind in your face, like Josh said, they're um, much easier to get onto. And Definitely. Yeah, the old farmer's ute banging around the old land cruiser, cruising over the hill and scares everything before he pops over the hill, doesn't he? Hammer and spanners <laughs> and jerry cans all floating in the tray, just exactly. metal on metal. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but no, do you... Do you generally in summer here in South Aussie, they're um, this time of the year they're on the loose and or in the flats, getting that um, last bit of that good good nutrients in the flats, um, growing out the rest of their yeah, antlers. Yeah, grow the rest of their antlers and that, but um, the hilltops and that are basically losing a bit of puff now with the dry feed. Yeah, she's been a bit dry lately, but uh, we're set to get some rain this weekend by the looks of it. Yeah. What would your top five items be for a beginner? Oh heck! Um, good pair of boots, hundred percent. Um, a uh, good pair of binos. What binos are you running? I'm running the Leopold BX4 HD Pros, guys, uh-huh. and they they're pretty good. They're, um, ten by forty twos, but I prefer eight by forty twos. Yep, I think I'm running. Yeah, eight by something. I can't remember. I got a pair of Mavens, but nice. just just as nice. Yep. So um, that's uh, two. A good backpack. 100%. Yep, and you've got to have a water bladder in your pack as well because um, basically you don't want to carry a water bottle around, flop around in the backpack. That's that's hard work. Yeah, some some people <laughs> do, some people don't. Like, yep. I'm a shocker. I've said this before that I just leave my water pack in, my water bladder in my pack, and, yep. you know, it could have the same water in it for three hunts, you know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is too, like, my mate cleans his out. I leave mine the same and I cleaned it like after 18 months. Yeah. And it wasn't even dirty. Like it was fine. Yeah, I, yeah. You don't want to take the tube off of mine. She'll. Well, I haven't taken the tube. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> might be like river water. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she gets a bit rank, but if you don't look, it tastes the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, best tip too, like, um, good. You got to have good camo. Hundred percent. Yeah, get quality. Um, you want summer and hunting gear. Otherwise, you'll flame yeah. and cook, or you'll get wet. Yeah, wet, wet and wet and dry gear—that's for yeah, sure. Definitely, and then a good set of knives. So, what um camo are you running? I'm running Spiker um, Biara, which Spiker, is a new yep. camo. Yeah, really yeah, I've seen you good. post that up. It's a nice looking gear. Yeah, so they only just released that started last year, and uh, mate, like I've there's some of the stalks I've done in the last fourteen months, and it's amazing. Like, yeah, not just talking it up because of that, but yeah, I've had some really unreal hunts in that yeah good good camo does make it you know yep. anyone can shoot anything no matter what you're wearing but that that good camo just gives you that extra edge and you Definitely. know th- thankfully australia and new zealand have lots of great ba- brands you know huntech you know hunter's element yeah um yeah tusk spiker you know yeah you just gotta y- look you at your it. background and your your landscape and what you're hunting and 100%. try and match it try yeah. and match it best you can and and obviously, like, you can choose whatever you want, but whatever fits comfortable and, and suits you and stuff like that. Um, like, Spiker, for me, fits really well, as did Hunter's Element and Hunt Tech gear that I've got as well, but... Um, yeah, yeah. You, you're a bit of a jack-of-all-trades with when it comes yeah. to camo. You've tried a bit of everything. Yeah, tried a fair bit of gear, and, yeah, I rate it. So if you're looking for something, check it out. Um, Spiker got a pretty good website, and so did Hunt Tech and stuff like that. So whatever you choose, and... Yeah, just check out your, your landscape and 
go from there. But find what you like. That's that's what is is yep. most important. What, yep. what what are you going to be comfortable in? You know, you don't want to be yep. wearing something too too thick and it's a forty degree day, and you don't want to be oh. wearing something too thin and it's it's cold <laughs> and wet and you're soaking and miserable. You know. Yeah. You'll flame and either freeze or you'll cook. Yeah, it's always uh, always good if you started off a hunt not to be um, overdressed, just yeah. be a little bit underdressed, especially if you're putting some miles in. So that way, once you start sweating and moving around, yeah, you're not having to stop shed layers. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocking for that. I feel the cold pretty pretty well. You know, some mornings I've got my my Huntake thermals on, and then I've got a jacket on and pants. And uh, hang hang on, Luke. I just need to stop. I just need to take my jacket off. 15 minutes down the road. <laughs> oh, just need to stop. Let me take my thermals off. Hang on. Let me just stop. Un- when, yeah. when we're stopped, I'll undo my bag, put my jumper back on. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that, uh, mate. I've taken out a few guys and I'm like, walk out of the hut and I'm wearing like a, a long sleeve summer shirt and a pair of pants and volleys on and they're like, it's winter, dude. I'm like, yeah, but we're about to walk 20 k's. And, yeah. uh, and then they're like You're nuts in volleys man Been there done that 120 metres from the ute And they're like uh, I need to take my jacket off And then you get two, 500 metres down the road Then you need to take that jumper off And it's like Told you Just freeze a little <laughs> bit Till you get there And then you're all good Yeah some, right. some people are pussies like me They like to be comfortable <laughs> Yeah that's right But if you go on If you if you hunt in Victoria And stuff like that Where it's freezing um, Fair bit of time And and um, you're going slow as yeah. You need you need that warm gear just to, so you don't freeze because you basically you don't want to go hammering tongs over there with your stalks. Yeah, you've um, done a few few Vic trips, haven't you, chasing Samba? Yeah. You shot a nice yeah. nice Samba stag. Uh, yeah, what, that would have been what three four years ago now. Been in a while. It would be yeah because of COVID. Yeah, sent far out when you sell like that. Heck, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it would it'd be three years ago. It's, yeah. It's a pity they're so far far away to get onto. I know, you know, and then when the border shut like that, because I had a hog deer trip planned, and yeah, I remember you um, saying a couple of samba hunts planned, and they just got canned. So yeah, I th- I th- lots of guys lost some, lots of good hunts, whether it's inter yeah. interstate or international. Yeah. Unfortunately, definitely it wasn't just my ones, but nah, a lot of guys missed out. Unfortunately, yeah, and um, s- and still missing out with all the all the shit. But yeah. we'll we'll stay but, away from. <laughs> the, the COVID That's shit. right. If you guys are um, looking for camo though in in USA, um, the gunnery's got um, a fair range of spiky gear, as does Fish Firearms. Yep. Um, I don't know Hunt Tech and uh, that, but I don't don't think Hunt Tech actually have too much over here at the moment. Um, their best best way to go on is just hit up their website and yep. find what you like um, and get what you. You're hunting for. I've turned turned a few guys onto it, and especially the hotter, drier stuff is wicked. The outback yeah. shirts, outback pants, just brilliant stuff for the um, the hot days. That's for sure. Uh, zombie apocalypse weapon, man. Have to be an Adler, mate. An Adler. Yep. Yep. Go the Adler. Lever yep. or straight pull. Lever. Lever. Yep. Because you just get the whole action going, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a, and get the extended mag on it, so you got eleven shots. The uh, first person that's actually sh- picked a firearm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you can go hand grenades, bazookas, and all that stuff, but you can't. You know, I guess you actually. I think Rich did say one of his um, answers for last week. What uh, last episode was a um, AR. So if yeah. if he could get yep. it, he, he would love an <laughs> AR, and it's a good excuse to get one. <laughs> 
Even an army tank wouldn't be too bad. You run out of bullets, you can run them over. Yeah, but then you got to worry about diesel and. Well, that's true. They have a few of them. What? <laughs> I'll just tuck her away in the bush somewhere with a bow. Yeah. What have you forgotten on a hunt? Heck, I've forgotten my binos plenty of times, and that's essential down there, um, or down where I hunt because you. Well, you can use a scope and that, but it's not the same. Yeah, I, re- I reckon binos are one of the most essential hunting things. Like yep. your gun or your bow, your binos, a knife, a yep. pack and water, and good yep. boots. Like if there were six things I was going to – I would say, like if I'm taking new people out, like I've discussed with Elias on the podcast in the past, he's like, oh, what do I need? I'm like, do you have binos? He's like, no. And then I'm like, go get a pair. Yeah, you want exactly. to come hunting? Go get a pair. <laughs> and yeah, there's been a few guys that I've I've told to get, yeah go get a pair. Just yeah, what you can afford, go get it. It's better than nothing, you know. Especially if you're swinging swinging a rifle scope around, you don't know who's around there, what's around, you know. Yeah, there was one one um, trip that I did, and I just remembered that I went out with a mate of mine, Charlie, and we're down local here, and um, I chucked in my two two three instead of my thirty oh six for uh-huh. deer hunt because my Two D three and my thirty oh six are both stainless steel ticker hunters, and uh-huh. um, they both had matching stocks at the time. The walnut one, so I chucked my thirty oh six ammo in with my two D three, thinking I've got it in, and I pull up there, and he followed me down in his car because he was working down that way, uh-huh. and um, jump out, and he's like, "Yep, no worries, you can use my gun, and I got it," and I'm like, "Oh no," so I'm like, "This is not good," and he got, he had his two D fifty in his car. But he, he, he did the same thing I did, but he had no ammo. Oh, no. So, basically, we searched his whole car and found one bullet. So <laughs> And we actually got a deal with it, so we were pretty happy. Yeah, wow, that, <laughs> that, that's pretty good. You know, and the went, good old farm you prevailed, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It went from chaos to not so bad, but... <laughs> yeah, you, you only need that one shot, but you would have been kicking yourself if you... you if know. he missed, it would have been a heck of a run. You know, if I did that, I probably would have rocked up and it would have been the biggest fallow buck I've ever seen on the property. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, no. It would be like 50 metres from the gate. Yeah, right there, whoops, across the track. Yeah, yeah, just stop, stares at you for five minutes. Yeah, that happened to me in the rut coming home, um, like, just last year, um, driving back from hunting down the other side of my brother's place. Uh-huh. And um, massive fallow buck um, right in the driveway. Not Unreal. even ready, nothing ready. And I'm just like, what the heck? Unreal, unreal. <laughs> yeah, no, we've we've all been there. One of the blocks that um Luke and I have access to, the reason we found it, we went out bow fishing and then we're just driving around and we pulled up and yeah, there's all these it would have been this time of year, it was Australia Day about four or five years ago. Beautiful. And all these velvet bucks just sitting, you know, hundred meters, not even hundred meters from, from this farmer's house. Far out, just better than you know, we had the uh, the rifles in the car and we've shot straight up the driveway, rocked up the driveway and I'm like, oh, I actually know these people. So got chatting, got chatting. They're like, oh, there's there's someone that has a deer farm a few k's down the road. We don't know if it's theirs. We've never really seen deer around here before. I'm like, oh. So we just stood in their driveway with the binos taking photos of them and it's the biggest <laughs> biggest fellow buck I've seen on that property. Have not seen it since. Oh, yeah. Um, it, like Luke and I could have shot both our personal record deer right there, <laughs> right there and then. From you know, it wasn't wouldn't have been a hunt, but it would have been a hell of a deer each. It's always a way, and that you get 
candy dangled in your face, oh. and then it's like, oh, maybe. We sure. s- we sat and watched them 80 metres in their driveway, less than 100 metres from their house, for 15 minutes just taking photos of them through the binos. And they were just not a care in the world, yeah. you know, and have not seen deer that easy on that, pro- <laughs> that property since, you know. No, and you won't. No, no. Now that you got access there, you won't. <laughs> What's the funniest thing that's happened on a hunting or a fishing trip, man? Oh, mate, I've got a couple of stories about that. But um, funniest thing would be telling the skipper of the boat that I think you're driving, like, way over in the channel and him telling me, no, 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 it's all good, GPS is perfect. It's like, <laughs> it's brand new, rah, rah, And then I'm like, I look over the edge of the boat and I'm like, mate, this is shallow as, and he's gone smack straight into the rocks. Oh, no. And then we've hit the um, bollard on the edge of the channel and bounced back into the middle and the boat's filling up with water because there's a hole in the bottom of the boat. Oh, no. And I'm like, far out. And I'm just like, straight away, I feel water on my feet. And I'm like, we're filling up with water, man. And he's like, quick, get a bucket and like start bailing out. And I'm like, I look at him and I'm like, Turn your bilge pump on, man. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, good idea. <laughs> but never rely on your GPS. So was that a uh, charter or no, was that was just one of your mates? One or? of my mates just went out with him for a fish and it was like, it was a nightmare, that trip, man. <laughs> and that there was the icing on the cake. Oh, I bet. Oh. I bet. That sounds, that sounds, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been touching cloth there for a bit there. Just yeah. <laughs> Just listen yeah. to me. There's rocks right there, man. He just did not listen. He goes, nah, GPS, I'm right on my mark where I drove out, but we we're like 15 metres to the right of it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I don't know man. why he just didn't look over the edge and go, I need to move over. Some people trust technology a little bit too much when it comes to that stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. you know. But there is great GPS stuff now. I'm a big proponent of Onyx Maps. Have you ever downloaded that and used nah. that on your phone? So we don't get all the full features here because they use all the public land stuff okay. for the states. But you can use it to literally map out all your all your boundary and then you can put GPS points all through where you want it and you can pick what you want the icon to be. Okay. Um, so like if I find a rub or an active scrape, I'll put a rub or a scrape sign there. That's perfect. I'll put all my trail cameras on there. Um I'll map out tracks, like where, where the deer are using trails and yep. all of that. Do you just need um, service for that to work? GPS, man. Is that like, it? It's, it's, oh, right. You just use the free version it of called? it. Onyx Maps. O-N-X. Is that maps. similar to uh, Memory Maps? Uh, I don't know. Don't this know. is an actual hunting hunting brand that they that use out. in the States. So I'll, I'll show you after the podcast. Yeah, but it's, it's awesome. You know, like even when I find a shed, like the one next to me, yep. I'll pin the point where the shed is and then i'll turn on the tracking and i'll do circles like 10 oh. 15 meters around it to and try it shows and that live that shows it live but yeah. so i can try and find yeah, yeah, the other one find the the matching pair hasn't worked yet for me but <laughs> <laughs> they do say um if you find a cast you guys to um like like zach's done pinpoint it and then circle out to 100 meters and yeah. you can possibly pick up the other one but yeah um, when it works for you, let me know, can you? Yeah, yeah. Well, down the southeast, one of the trips, I, I found a matching pair, which I don't have anymore, yep. but it was one under one tree and then 15 metres, the, yep. the other one was there. I'm like, yep. no way. 
you guys, um, I've got a quick story for you. You guys would have seen on my um, Instagram, if you follow me, I found a set of fellow casts the other day. Yeah, yeah, no, I've seen that. Pair, which I was pretty happy about because um, I knew which buck it was. And I've got him on trail camera, which you would have seen the picture I posted up. But when I got back to my brother's house there, there was one of his mates and he had his kids there. And um, the girl was like, oh, really want a set of antlers and and this and that. And I was like, oh, no, like <laughs> she's going to see my antlers and, and that. But anyway, cut a short, a long story short, she um, ended up giving them to her. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So That's she, great. She was like. Wow, I really always wanted a pair of antlers and this and that. And then I got back home and I just checked the um, photos that I took of them um, and checked them with that bark and it was matching like perfect. And I was just like, that's so cool. Yeah, now <laughs> you just need to need to get that buck, buck on the ground. Yeah, well, he's been on camera in velvet. So um, he's, I actually nicknamed him Short Brows because he's got really short brows. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. I, th- I think, think I remember seeing the one that you, yeah. that you posted up. But, yeah, I, I have yeah. a similar story. I, I had a casty and one of the guy that works for my dad, his, his daughter was really interested in all the antlers in my room, so I, I gave her one and he was saying for, like, months later she yeah. was just would take that casty with a like, – yeah. Every room she went in in the house, she'd have that casty with her. Makes that day, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I felt really good about giving that to her, but at the same time, I felt a little bit, ugh. But anyway, she's stoked. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I, I love casties, man. I don't, like, there's a few guys in Oz that, that get right into it. I just don't see how it's not a not a bigger thing. Like, oh, mate, normally, um, because I've been flat out with work and that, um, at the hospital with COVID and stuff and just, like, the changes we've had here, I'm normally out over Christmas and New Year's and yeah. whatever break and that, um, walking miles and miles and miles trying to find what I can because I love casting. Do you have um, any tips on where to look look for them? Low um, points, fence lines? Yeah, so basically your game trails going into um, like thick cover. You can find them in amongst that thick cover there where they're going in because they knock them off. Uh-huh. Um, jumping fences. Like where they're coming to and fro feed spots as well, like before um, end of September or whenever they drop their antlers around that time. Um, and also, um, yeah, like bedding areas. So is there a particular time of year that you prefer because what they cast around November-ish? Yeah, early, early November, November. Late, late September, early November. But I have seen them late November with um, fellow bucks with antlers. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so just around September, November, I'll keep your eyes out. And fell, uh, sorry, red deer around late August. Do you find that because um, you know a few of the ones that I have have two marks on them? Um, do you find that you know foxes and stuff move them quite a bit? They'll get hold yeah, of them, definitely. Or, um, especially deer as well. I heard deer chew yep. on them to get more calcium. Hundred percent. Yeah, red hinds love chewing antlers, um, but I find cattle and sheep and stuff like that move them around a little bit. Uh huh. Yep. Um, always chew marks on the tips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've got a couple of dead giveaway <laughs> white tail <laughs> casties up there, and yep. especially because how can they they sit? They normally sit with their tines sticking straight up. Definitely, where you know the fallows don't don't really have have that as much. Yep. But yeah, the all the tips are chewed off. <laughs> yeah, they come across, but um, dog, like a lot of people use them for dog chews as well. Yeah, they they sell them. Yeah, they love they them. love that. Um, I don't know why a dog would like chewing on something so hard, but I think it's the calcium. It's good yeah. for their teeth and bones and all of that, and they just yeah. they just know it. it's like why dogs chew on bones because antlers antlers are bone. Yeah, well, they, the fastest they, growing biological they, material. 
Yeah, they definitely um, got a good market for it. They sell like hotcakes. They do, they do. Just like they cut up the bone and, you know, it's like 10, 15 bucks for just a little piece of yeah. red antler. Yeah, browton or whatever. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it's, it's mental. Not cutting my collection up for Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have a few thousand dollars worth for sure. <laughs> you might not have to work again if you yeah. sell them. <laughs> What's the sketchiest, most dangerous thing that's happened on a... On a hunt or a fish? Um, the sketchiest, most dangerous thing was on that same trip when we hit that pylon on the boat. Oh, Jesus. Um, this <laughs> captain of the boat, which is Ron, um, he actually had a bit of a lapse and passed out. Oh, wow. And we're out just a medical episode? Yeah, or? yep, just low, um, low light sugar and that. Cause diabetic, diabetic yep. yep. And then um, he's just like laid down and said, head back. Middle of the golf. That's insane. I'm like, we're nearly out of fuel and every, <laughs> and everything. We're in his boat and um, he's just laid down and like passed out. And I'm like, hex, I've just basically headed back like in the general direction of what I thought was correct. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're cruising in and whatnot. And then he started to come back good and sitting up and, and whatever, giving him some water and... And then, yeah, when he came to, he's like, right, I'm driving. and That explains why he might have been a bit off with his marks. With his and GPS, when you, when, yeah. <laughs> when yep. you hit the rocks, that's for sure. Yeah, but that was, like, not cool. I yeah. thought triple zero is going to have to get called and rescue, and it was it was all happening. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's a crazy thing, but, like, uh, you you hear stories of people dying out on a hunt, but just, like, having a heart attack while they're at a hunt. Yeah. You, especially if you're, not saying when you're young, but... If you're older, man, that wouldn't that be the way to go? Oh, if you like, if well, if I was hunting with a mate, like you know, there's a story on the Meat Eater podcast. This guy was out duck hunting with his dad, and his dad was an older gentleman and had a heart attack. They ended up filling their bags up after they had a heart attack. After he had the heart attack and died, <laughs> and then called. <laughs> so they're not bagging out on ducks and then yeah. rang it through. You know, <laughs> just quick check him. Is he dead yet? Yeah, no, he's dead. We'll keep going. Yeah, we'll sort it out later. That, that's what I would want my <laughs> mates to do if I was out. You know, yeah. go shoot the biggest buck or stag of your life, and then, then, <laughs> then get help. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't want to have a heart attack before shooting a big red stag. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. But if my mate did after I did, oh, I, I wouldn't haunt him. If you were there as a ghost watching, it'd be alright. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> Exactly. What's the most important item you take out while hunting? My rifle. Rifle? <laughs> Good answer. No, um, most important thing, I think, um, just be water. 100%. Yep, and a lighter. Do you uh, take a first aid kit? Yep. I yep. just got like a little, I don't have a like a as physical first aid kit. I just take like a bit of duct tape, like a <laughs> medical tape. Yeah. And then like a bandage uh-huh. um, yep. and a couple of band-aids, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, and a piece of string. Yep. Yeah, I I got a decent size first aid kit in my pack, but my mum's a volunteer paramedic, and she's, you know, I've got band as you can see behind you. I've got bandages and all sorts of stuff all stashed away. Um, Yeah, no, I probably I'm probably a little bit under with me um, first aid kit in my pack, but do you have an EPIRB? No, no, no. Nah. That's you can get those spot ones, which are really good. You push a button, and basically it sends your GPS signal, contacts, uh, emails, um, like the fire brigade. Yeah, so I've got a, yeah. I've got a little hiking one that I carry oh, yeah. in my backpack. That called a spot? No, I'm, no, I'm not sure on the brand, but.
but pretty much you register all your details online yeah. and you have to yeah. re- refresh it every every yeah. few years and you just put like your your in case of emergency contacts yeah. and that and then yeah. when you hit that it calls through the emergency channels but it also sends out something to them as well yeah, so email, email. yeah 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 no, bunch that, sound, that sounds very similar to the spot one that we use yeah my brother and that uses on the phone yeah yeah it's yeah. It, I, I think it's something that's underrated you know Definitely. not not every bottom of a gully is going to have um <laughs> phone signal and that you know yeah we're pretty fortunate here that you know a lot yeah. of places have phone signal Definitely, but, um, definitely. But yeah, with those EPIRBs, I don't think you need phone service, do you? No, no, no. It's all all satellite, so you yeah. just register and push a button. Keep, yeah, yeah. It's it, that's it, worst case scenario too, guys. Not if you stab your toe or put a little nick in your finger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from someone that's been stabbed, <laughs> literally <laughs> stabbed. So you know. Yeah, well, that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> Uh, what's your top five dream animals? Not just in yeah. Australia, but worldwide, man. Top one would be an elk. Elk, yep. Is any certain particular place that you would prefer to take oh, one? It's got to be a horseback backpack trip in, I think, it's, is it Colorado? Colorado, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think awesome. they do it in a few different states, but yeah, yeah Colorado would yeah, be one of them. Seven day backpack on a horse, um, go and hunt something big, massive yeah. thing, camp out, dodge bears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With like five or so of your best mates, it'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be pretty yeah, sick. That would be unbelievable. The wall tents and stuff that they take with all the horses and the mules yeah. and stuff is incredible. Yeah, like I it's watch heaps of it. Taj, Taj Mahal, and they have like yeah. big proper fireplaces. Yeah, it's like and, a what do they call those little ones where you cook on top of it? Yeah, it's yeah, that the they stove. Call, they call it something like a um, pig. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. those pig ones, the, the pot belly pigs yeah, that we have here. Yeah, yeah. And they carry carry them. But they got everything, man. Yeah, it's the only thing they haven't got is a masseuse on those trips. Oh, uh-huh, they might they if might. you pay enough. You know, <laughs> I, heard, I heard the guides will do anything for a better tip. Def- definitely, <laughs> that's right. So elk, elk being number one. Yeah, seeker. Seeker, love or, a seeker yeah. New Zealand hunt. Yeah, yeah, seeker New Zealand. But if I think the top seeker hunt would be Japan. Yeah, Japan. When, when they when they ones. do do the hunts over there, I think they they stop and start them. They've got a pretty strict tagging process, and then you've also got the um, is it Russian seeker as well? They've got a yeah, yeah, I think so. Ukraine seeker or something yeah. like I that. I just love over the in terrain. At, um, New Zealand's yeah, going. yeah. It's it's killer. it's pretty cool, man. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. Different but cool. Yeah, you would you'd be in your element for sure. Definitely. And number three would be hog deer. Hog deer, yep. Yep, just so I can get my slam. Yeah, because what you're on five of the six species yep. in Australia. Yep, on five. So, hog and you've deer got a dream. got a pretty good stag and buck of each one so far. I have, yeah, I've got, been very spoiled with that. So, but worked pretty hard for it. You have, you <laughs> have. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen Josh's trophy room. Uh, Either go through his uh, Instagram or shoot him a message. He's very he re- he replies to pretty much most of his messages. I'd say he's a pretty good dude like that. So ask ask for a photo. Yeah, and I, I think he'll be a bit happy showing photos and videos of his <laughs> uh, of his prize trophy room. Yeah, show us your trophies as well. Don't be shy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, for me, a trophy's not the size of the animal, yeah. too, guys. It's the it's the hunt behind it. Hundred like percent. I've done some flaming hard hunts to getting stuff in and out like it's crazy. 
But you've also got some very, very respectable animals, you know. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to a bloke at work yesterday that knows you and, um, yeah, just saying that one of your reds, you know, the base of his antlers are almost as thick as, as my biceps on my arm. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a big deer, that one. I was spoiled. Um, what was that? Not last year, the year before. Yeah, amazing red. Um, massive body on it. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. an insane animal. He's oh. actually mounted on elk form. So. Yeah, yeah, I remember you saying. Yeah. And so. who mounted that? Was that Tim? Yeah, Tim. Tim, yeah, yep. Mount Gambier. Yeah, yep. amazing awesome South job. Australian taxidermist. Yeah, he's good. We got a couple of good guys here, which is great. Look up his page. He um, just done a moose with um, with Aussie Outbush, Dwayne, and yeah, yeah that no, that moose was that moose is full body no, ridiculous. It, yeah, if you haven't seen that. You got to hit them up. Check out their yeah. um, pages. It's either, unbelievable. Either Tim Tim Blackwell isn't yeah. it? Yeah, or Aussie Bush Dwayne. His um, oh, I'll, I'll have to hit him up and try and get him on the podcast. I reckon he'll yeah. he'll be he's a good dude, man. Oh, yeah, dude, he's it. when we caught up at the Archer at the pub that time. That, That's right. It was, a, yeah. it was a good chat with him. Like I've been following him his his journeys for oh, at least six years. I reckon. Yeah. But it was the first time I met him. It's a yeah. it's a good little crew that we've got going on there with the Send It Mate podcast guys and a few other guys. Definitely, yeah. No networking in South Australia hasn't. I don't think it's been this strong, to be honest. No, amongst no. a good bunch of dudes, probably what twelve of us now, I reckon. Yeah, there'd, there'd be a few, and you've got your uh, skeet shooting crew. Yeah, <laughs> there's constantly new we people. We try. <laughs> no, that's good. That we're getting out and. Just meeting people. If you, ever want, if you want to come along, hit us up if you're in South Australia. Come and say good day, and we're trying to do it monthly. Catch up. Yeah, it's it's. We've uh, talked about doing bigger events and getting mm. more and more people out. Um, you know, even talked about doing a wild game dinner with some of that awesome. Yeah, definitely did. Awesome processed venison that you, well venison that you process up some of that. Oh, uh, plenty of salami and oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, my mouth's watering just thinking about the stick that you brought over, man. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully it's the network. <laughs> uh, so where we're up to, a seeker. I think that was about yeah, three. Yeah, seeker, and then um, got to be a kudu, man. Kudu, yep. I know it's not a deer species, but it's top five species. It doesn't have to be awesome. deer, man. They I've, are amazing. They're, they're gorgeous. Mate of mine's got a fifty-incher, and that's so good. I bet they're, yep. they're very. Very beautiful. That's my, like a samba of the African animals, I believe. Yeah, kudu. Yeah, my um top South African or African animal is a nyala. Like, just oh, yeah. they're they're a bit smaller than the kudu. They've got a yeah. very similar padding. They like, do, yeah, padding, yeah. But they're just, uh, in my personal opinion, they're the they're, best looking. They're rare too, aren't they? Uh, something I think. I think so. I think they're, mm. but depends where you go, really. Yeah, it probably does. But they're been they're quite. The first uh, mount I seen was at uh, one of those Willaluka game nights. You know oh, how they yeah, do yeah, the yeah. Willaluka yeah, tavern. That was the heads and yeah, yeah, night, yeah, yeah. I seen seen one up there, and that's yeah, where I, I met met our mutual friend Brittany. And oh yeah, yeah she she had a couple awesome. stuff up yeah. there. She's a very very good South Australian taxidermist. She does a bit of everything. Amazing so with birds and foxes oh. and rabbits and. Anything just the attention to on. attention to detail. Um, <laughs> She's got that girl touch, guys. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> luck. That's Lux taxidermy. So, um, if you're not following her, go check her out on socials. And yeah, she's got. She does some amazing, amazing work. Very passionate. So I think there's still one more from my count. Yeah, there is. Um, heck, I love my um, chittle deer. I'd have to get another one of them. Chittle, and then for all the uh, 
Americans listening, that's Axis. Yeah, Axis, do you? Yep, I just love them. I love the pattern on the coat. And they are. They're, they're very, very high on my list. Yeah. They're, they're I love s- the um, pedestal mount that Timmy Blackwell did for me, actually. That's just highlights of perfect chittle. I bet, I bet. Like, not just because it's my mount, but all of them on that pedestal shape just yeah. shows off the whole shoulder and um, goes up to the neck where you got that white patch to the black nose and the, and the, and the antlers. Have you just, seen where they do the – it's like a pedestal mount but for the wall but then they've got the um this is it's a big thing in texas they they get another chittle skin or axis skin yep, yep. and then they do like a they cut it out in the texas oh, state I shape ha- yeah and they, they have it mounted in the middle that looks yeah that looks shape the wall with it in the, sh- yeah. in the shape of the country that yeah. does look good S- shape of the state yeah yeah, yeah. spread it out like a big fin yeah so you'll have to go try and find find places you can go get a go get like a Chittle Axis Slam, go to Hawaii and then go to Texas and then yep. find out where else you can, what other countries gotta, have them. Got to win the lotto first. <laughs> <laughs> Take all me, mate. You'll get over there, man. You'll get over there. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. So how do you see the public views hunters? So you associate with the public quite a bit through your job. You, you would see definitely and do, chat yeah. to all, all different walks of life. It's actually a um, good question, Zach, because a, a lot of people are very intrigued by it. They they ask me, like, what do you do with the, the animal once you shot it? And yeah. it's like, well, I'm only hunting it because I want to eat it. Yeah. And they're like, you eat it? And I'm like, yeah, I do. So I um, basically hang it up, well, gut it first, yeah. and I'll hang it up, I'll take the skin off, um, and I'll get the, t- the skin tan down at Southern Tanners, yep. which is um, Port Elliot. That's... Uh Oh, Down awesome. there yeah, through yeah. Brittany. Yep, beautiful. Yep. So he, he does a great job as well. Most taxidermists, I think, um, if you take it there or whatever, they'll probably send it down there or do it themselves. Yeah, but yeah. He does Especially a lot. South Australian taxidermists and yeah. stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, and But, yeah, they, they just say, okay, cool, and then what do you do with that? So it becomes a floor rug. Then they want to see pictures, and it's like, okay, well, you show them pictures, and then then, it, then the conversation start, and then, then they say, okay, so what do you do with the meat? Some people you chat to, you just see the gears turning and yep. like they've just haven't thought about it. And they're like, yep. you know, the amount of people I speak to, and I've said this before, that they just don't know that there's deer in South Australia. They don't know that there's deer in Australia. 100%. Wild, you know? Yeah, 100%. They're like, and I'm oh, like, that's one of the things I was going to get to. They say, okay, so you've you've shot the animal, you've scun it and you've, you've gutted it and processed the meat. Where Did you go to a farm or did you... Buy the yeah. Like, what, where'd you get the deer from? Because well, we don't see any deer. Yeah. And then you explain to them that they're wild on properties, and they're like, "We've got wild deer here." I I explain to people like, <clears throat> if you're familiar with Adelaide, the start of the freeway, the tunnel going not not even the tunnel, man. <laughs> yeah. Like there's deer from the start of the freeway yeah. from the up track. Like if you start looking the scrub, because I drive it a fair bit, driving a yep. truck, plasterboard all around the place, and every time I'm in the truck, whether it's morning or afternoon, my eyes are glued up in those hills. <laughs> and the, You're like the, 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 I'm like Ace Ventura driving yeah, with the glasses yeah, on out the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guys I'm with, they like they'll send me Snapchats, like when they go up, and they'll be like. 
oh, there's deer up there. There's deer over there. Look, I'm Zach. There's more deer over there. Yeah, I'm right to that. And they're like, we never see these deer that you see. And you'll be like, there's one sitting by that rock over there. There's one under that tree. There's one in the clearing over there. And they're like, how do you see it? I'm just like, once you start picking it up, and one of the guys now, he's like, I'm like, Jimmy, Jimmy, look, there's one. And he's like, I actually seen that one. Jimmy, there's five over there. It's like, how do you... (laughs) Hunter's eyes, mate. You get dialed in. You guys out there that hunt and whatever else, you'd understand. Everyone that hunts knows what we're talking about. It's the shape, the pattern, the spot, the... Even the shape of the ears and the head, like... Because I'm colourblind, so I actually struggle seeing colours a bit, but I just go by shape and movement. Colourblind and basically deaf, yet (laughs) out-hunts most people in Australia. (laughs) I wouldn't say that. I just do it a lot. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. But, yeah, no, it, it is good. It is good. And then um, basically, like, the next step from that, once I've scanned it and processed and got the skin tanned, it's the um, the meat side. So I just yeah. say, look, I can either cut it up into, like, your cuts and that, like a like a sheep, or how'd you get it in the shop, or you can, I mince it down and make mince and sausages and metwurst. The sausage and, king. Yeah, sausage king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I love, I love making um, definitely, like, sausages and stuff like that for friends and families and... You know, yeah, if you if, if you see um, a lot of Josh's socials, nearly after every hunt, there's always a sausage fest going on at his <laughs> house. You know, all the boys there, sausages in hand. Yeah, got their hands <laughs> around it. <laughs> uh, you, some of you guys would have to listen to the if you don't listen to the Send It Mate podcast, check them out, and you'll understand stand a lot of those jokes a lot more. Yeah, they're a um, loose bunch, and if you're into a silly podcast, they're they're definitely um, good guys to go go yeah. and follow, that's for sure. <laughs> How would you change the public views on hunting and hunters? I think in South Australia, you mean, or in Just in general? in general, like you look like the typical movie hunter, like Bambi, Wolverine, they're all redneck losers, yeah. just shooting everything. Yeah, you know? I think... The thing that I'd like to change is how we view them and see them and what they're doing with them, like with the government culling them and getting rid of them now. Like All I see the big them, chopper culls. And yeah, 100%. Like I see them as a major resource for us guys here in Australia. You know, they feed hundreds of families every year. People pay to go hunting. We've gone visit towns that you wouldn't go to normally yeah. because there's deer there. They're full every weekend, you know. hundred percent, hundred percent. You take away the animals and whatever else, what are you going to do? You're not going to go down and stalk rabbits all weekend. Well, that's the thing. Everything we have to hunt here in Australia, you know, there's a big, in Australian hunting, shooting community, there's like a big division of people that see the animals that we hunt and eat as a resource and then the people that see them just purely as a pest. You yeah. know, I've I grew up as a kid, I absolutely admired steve owen like i was steve owen obsessed everything like you know you talk to my parents my family i knew steve who steve owen was before anyone knew who steve owen was you know i was watching all these docos everything you know i was constantly because i grew up hunting so much i was everything feral animal related any like free choice project in school was on camels was on pigs was on rabbits you know cane toads just everything and there's just that very delicate balance i've found like you know we want 
less numbers, but we don't, as a hunter, it's a, it's a constant battle between my conservation side and the wanting this resource to be available for me, my family, my future kids, because without hunting, I wouldn't be who I am today. And without these animals, what would we have in Australia? Kangaroos, emus and wombats (laughs) and koalas. Like there's, you know, four things you can't hunt. Like you can't hunt a kangaroo. You can only shoot them because they are one of the stupidest animals and they ruin more deer deer hunts than anything else like how many times have you been walking through there's kangaroos 100 yards one way there's deer 50 meters in front of you and those kangaroos run straight between you and the deer every time <laughs> and if you got that stupid two-legged bush bird out in the middle of the paddock and you don't see him v8 he, chicken v8 chicken he will run straight past that buck you've been chasing yeah. for two years yeah yeah and it just comes from nowhere you know, any australian hunter like you know, yeah. you hear the Americans, they they sit there and complain, oh, a squirrel scared my deer away. It's like, <laughs> try having a deer that hops through the forest. Like, I call I called kangaroos Tyrannosaurus deer because they're a two-legged deer that just bounce through. <laughs> yeah, smash fences and everything, man. Yeah. But, but the only the only trouble is with, with them being a resource for us here as well. Like, you've got to think about farmers and that. Um, obviously, you want... Um, sustainable numbers on properties but if they're out of control then you gotta you gotta do your culling as well so yeah. it's not um, just saving the saving all the deer to be yeah. the biggest buck you have to and go shoot the does you have to go shoot the spikes you have to go shoot the year olds and the two year olds but we just need to i think they need to be more smart about how they're doing these cullings and stuff like that um, there's plenty of hunters around that can go in and the money that they spend to do these helicopter culls they can Make that money back three hundred. Oh, they could but. double, triple, you know, just by opening yeah. up some land and having a better license system. And it'd be awesome to come up with a perfect scenario and and run it and manage that. That's the thing. Like a lot of people talk about the North American model of wildlife, you know, tags and draws and all of that stuff for this type of stuff. But it's just so hard to put it in an Australia, like put the North American model because everything that they hunt is to an extent, is native to the area. 100%. So they're trying yeah. to just manage numbers where everything that we hunt <laughs> is a pest. Is a pe- <laughs> I, I hate using the word pest and I hate using the word feral. Yeah, uh, There's a bloke in Tasmania, Shane, um, he constantly fights because Tasmanian, uh, Tasmanian fallow deer are a game animal over there and they're a huge resource for the area. You know? Definitely. They get some amazing bucks over there and he's oh. constantly fighting... Like, we need to change and not call them feral. They're a game species, you know. Imagine having that at your back door, like, like what they got there. Oh, just the, the fishing. The only thing that I can't do about Tasmania is there's no bow hunting, so I could never live there. I have no interest in... Can't bow hunt there? No, it's 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 illegal, unfortunately. Well, that's just another line through Tassie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're far enough, they can just keep yeah. going. Keep going to Antarctica. Chop it off. <laughs> Cut that last rope. So yeah, we're talking about the the change on the public views and how would you change it? Like, what is something we could all do to change these perceptions? Do you think like, you know, social media is a huge thing. People see the photos we post, and some people take them as a negative thing. Some people take them as a positive thing. 
you know, is it less social media and posting photos or is it meeting new people, giving them venison? Like you give a fair, fair amount of venison away to, yeah, you know, do. other yeah. hunters, but also probably people that yeah, don't friends hunt. friends and family. You know? and So is yeah. it, is it doing that? Is it sharing this resource with the people that don't hunt so that they can get a, I think um, understanding like what you're saying with you know giving people meat and stuff like that. I think um, I had a chat only this week off my video I put up of me cutting up a sheep on the bandsaw, um, you know, which like, was bloody tasty. We had that for yeah. dinner. Someone <laughs> brought some chops around tonight. Yeah, that was nice. Eh? It cooked it that, well. That was good. Um, you know, like educating other hunters and and giving them tips and showing videos and that because this fella that I was chatting to, I can't remember his name, but. Um, he's a champion anyway, and um, he was trying to Google for me how to do the ribeye bonelet, boneless. Yeah. There's no videos you could find to show me that technique because I haven't done any butchering training, anything at all yet, so I'd love to learn it and whatever, and I'm open for anyone to give me advice on I'll, how to do butchering. I'll possibly have a, have a guy I can hook you up with that yeah. he was a butcher for well, a fair few years. even just get a, a group of guys that want to learn and, and all do it together, like making small goods and stuff like that. I've just gone and done it. Yeah, uh, maybe, you've done awesome with that. Like that's I've always wanted to do small goods, but it's just such a long and lengthy process. But you... I just do it after work. You man, just... When I get, when I get, like when I, I said to you tonight, I've <laughs> never met someone that is as busy as you you're just you work then you're taking your girls and your wife out fishing then the next next story you're out scouting then you're out shooting then you're out then you're butchering then you're working then you're like i've never met someone that's just more on the go than you i am pretty busy like uh, your uh, i would love to have your energy reserves <laughs> yeah i tell you what though, i have been feeling tired lately but Nothing coffee can't fix. That's right, yeah. <laughs> what's Speaking what, of what's coffee, that, that coffee that you... Striker coffee. Amazing. It looks good. Yeah, looks I've good. been nailing a fair bit of that, actually, because my wife wanted a um, coffee machine, so for three years she yeah. wanted one. I'm like, well, I better not get a gun. I better, better buy her a coffee machine one year. <laughs> <laughs> or bullets. No, but um, bought her a coffee machine, and then we, we had this just um, standard coffee that we bought from the shop, and then I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I'm like, oh, I should hit up um, like a coffee place and see yeah. whether i can get something online like and support someone so that's what i've done i reached out to striker and they said yeah no worries and sent me some and yeah, yeah there's it ever since coffee seems to be the next thing ever since that black rifle coffee came on the market yeah. everyone's getting yep. into it like you've got a uh, dog and gun coffee now you've you've you've, you've, yep. you've had some of their I stuff haven't haven't you? Ha- i haven't had dog oh and you gun haven't coffee, oh. no must have been thinking of someone else's post, but no, yep. every second story on coffee is <laughs> is, is those boys, you know. Yeah, I haven't yet to get myself some, but uh, yeah, I, no, I, I do love a good coffee out in the bush. That's every for morning, sure. coffee—it's got to be coffee. But um, yeah, in the bush, coffees can't beat that. Yeah, Rich and I were talking about um these coffee tea bags that you can get. Yep. Have you seen yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> they I, are I, awesome. I discovered them in New Zealand, and they're like the best backpack thing because yep. you can. Just yeah, we'll heat hot water up, chuck tea yeah. bag in and done. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know and it's it surprisingly good. Yeah, yeah. I was out with a couple of mates and we had a, um, it's like a plastic machine where you um, put the ground coffee in the top, Yeah. put your hot water in and push it through. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those and ones. far out, that was awesome. 
Yeah, there's yeah. there's that many like you talk you you hear about um Evan Hafer with the um black rifle coffee, how he like rigged out a Humvee while he was in <laughs> Afghanistan to roast coffee and shit while he was oh, while yeah, he was serving overseas. That's just that's just insane. You just gotta adapt, mate, do yeah. what you gotta do. What's your favourite way to cook venison? My favourite way to cook venison is just low and slow and then just medium rare. Yeah, so yep. that's that's your that's your go yep. to. Yeah. Because yep. you, bit you make in the middle. plenty of metwurst, you make plenty of sausages. Yep. You know, you do yep. what else do you do? What other cuts you get out of? Um I've done actually to be honest too, that was really good. You're cutting up um like your loin chops and just your rib chops and stuff like that. Yep. They are sensational. Venison on the bone guys. Those you got a bandsaw. As the American it. call Americans call them tomahawks, but yeah, yep. yeah, I um I'm oh, a big yeah. proponent of a of a good um, rib roast or yep yep you one just you've done it look yeah. amazing as well um, if you um you cut your normal backstrap out of your rib cage and that and you cook that like a normal like a normal steak you cut the bone and leave the bone yeah. on for some reason it's just different yeah but amazing it's caveman like, yeah it's good. <laughs> yeah you got something to hold you know, on to while you eat yeah, it as I, well. <laughs> I, I quite often do. I've got a sous vide cooker. Have you? Oh, have you yeah. seen them? You, yep. You put them in a in a pot and yep. it heats the water up, and then yep. Then I leave leave it in there for like eight hours, and oh, then yeah. you take it out because you set the temperature you want it at, so it will be still rare. And then you yep. just put it straight on the barbecue. Yeah, get some nice I, crispiness to it. I did that's, watch that's your good. um sous vide thing yeah. for ages, and I'm like, far out. That looks amazing. Keep. And then my mate bought one. Yeah. And um, he's done it as well with steak. And yeah. stuff, and then he gets your heat like a little glow torch, yeah, thing, yeah, and just crisps it up. Yeah, some that. people, some people do the what? wow, do the blow torch, and he reckons it's amazing, yeah, yeah. Um, I love ribs too, like, I'll put I'll cut all the ribs off, I'll cut them into two, three rib bits, you know, yep. 10 centimeters long ish, chuck them in a slow cooker in a nice, nice, like, rib sauce, <laughs> keep them in there to. Just when the meat's about to come off the bone, yep. and then chuck them on the Weber with like oh. some red gum charcoal and. Far out! I'm getting hungry again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll probably eat that stick of metwurst tonight. You, know? <laughs> you probably will. What is hunting to you? Hunting to me, mate, is just a release. Get out, walk, see what's around, take some photos. It's not always about shooting an animal. It's just being there. Being there, being yeah. one with nature, yeah. I can, I can Absolutely fully understand love that. It. Um, and like showing my girls and that as well, what it's about and getting them in on animals and stuff like. How good is it taking your kids out? Like, oh, I, I loved hunting and I love hunting yeah. with friends. I love taking you guys out, but just being out there with your kids is just yeah, something. Definitely, yeah. Taking a mate out and that is, you know, it's all cool and your mate shoots an animal and. You celebrate and go back to camp and have an awesome cook up or whatever. Yeah. But when you take your kid and they just everything is like why? Wow. Yeah, well, why? What, what? Why as well? But it's also wow. Like that, yeah. the face is just so lit up and they're 
kind of fearful, scared, don't know really what to do. They're just looking at you and 100% trust. You know, I've got you. my two-year-old that I take out in the yeah, backpack, you that's know. Right. And he, he loves it. He's just, yep. bird, bird, and yep. kangaroo, you know, just pointing out everything. And then you take him out the pack and he's yep. just exploring. Pick up Set, this rock, pick up this feather, pick up this stick, you know, just seeing checking him tonight, everything. Like meeting him for the first time, he's like he's gonna be like Zach times twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um. He'll have two bows, not one. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 gonna be dangerous. I reckon he's gonna be a mad keen hunter, and well, it's not gonna be harder to be better than his old man. But um, <laughs> how would you like to be remembered? Remembered? Oh heck, um, just oh, just being like connecting everyone together and. Just being real. Building a community, being yeah. yourself. Yeah, helping Sh- others. Sharing your passion. Yeah, sharing the passion, 100%. And you just- definitely do take out a lot of new hunters, and that's something I'm very mm. respectful of. There's, like, I've taken, you know, a dozen people to take their first deer or their first goat, and, and it's yeah. just, like, the feeling you get. Like, you can shoot the biggest deer in the world. Like, you're happy. But just taking someone out and they shoot their first deer like whether it's a doe or a spike or just that feeling like just seeing their raw emotions especially people that haven't grown up with it like you and i yeah and then sharing the process and breaking it down teaching them skinning gunning yep and they just they're just watching them they want to know like yep has the skin connected because like yep so there's a guy that i'm going to get on the podcast in the future he's he's helped me out with all the podcasting stuff he's a very techie guy but he's he's done podcasts he's done gaming he's done but he's never really had he's never been fishing he's never been hunting so um this is you're hearing it here first i'm gonna get him on and we'll try and do a three four part podcast series so we'll get him in where he's fresh where he wants to know how we do like you know because he'll watch something see something on a movie and he'll be like hey how do you actually do this has has this work how's that work and i said to him just Write this stuff down. We'll get you. We'll get you on. Yeah. You ask all these questions because it's going to be a great thing to ask on the podcast. So guys that haven't hunted before that are looking to get those into questions. it, because they're all the same questions that these people, you know, definitely. And then yeah. Yeah. so we'll do one episode where he's asking all these questions. Then I'll take him out for a shoot <laughs> and, and teach it. him how to shoot. Just just shoot the rifle and then do like a podcast on that. Then take him for a hunt and get him to shoot, you know, whether it's a rabbit or a fox or a deer and then do a podcast on just doing that. So And cooking. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a huge part for both of you and I, you know. Definitely. Some, some hunt guys for, shoot. hunt for food. Oh that's it's it's like I said before, it's a mix in Australia it's a mixture of sometimes you just have to do purely pest control. You know, oh yeah, you tough. you do you do plenty of yeah. pest control but you yeah, you tough. utilize more venison than Anybody yep. that, you know, there's a lot of guys that just, in Australia, it's legal to sh- just shoot a deer, leave it, let it rot. That's right. And or there's a lot of, lot of guys that do that. And I have nothing against that. Like, yeah. that's, you have to do it for the farmers. You have to do it for the environmental factors, you know, fences and endangered species and yeah. all of that. Game it's, management. You know, it's, it's something that has to be done in Australia, um, you know, you you talk to the Americans and the Canada Canadians and shit, and they're like, they're just blown away. You know, <laughs> you know, I got guys in New Zealand and they go out and shoot twenty five, thirty deer a night, which isn't 
heaps, but it's you know enough. That that's as many deer as some Americans shoot in a lifetime. That'd you know? probably be red deer too. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 red deer. It, it's fallow. It's seeker. It's you know a mixture of of yeah. everything. You know because they've got they've got what seven species of deer over there. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I've always found it intriguing how the Americans go out in such a close knit group of mates, and they might draw one tag for that season. Yeah. And they're so pumped up. Old mate shoots a deer. There's high fives. There's tears. Yeah. There's hugs. Everything, because we it's shoot a community. so many. It's just another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For for some people, it is anyway. Yeah. That's that's for sure. Well, meat hunting's different, but when you shoot a um a trophy or a mate harvest a trophy, um that's pretty special. Oh, 100 percent. It doesn't have to be a trophy. It just has to that's be right. the first of a species, first of a deer, well, that's biggest right. biggest yeah. deer. You know, yeah. all of these things. What's the most random fact? You know. Most random fact. I've always thought um, a baby swan being a signet yeah. is a random fact. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is not many. It's like... You would think it'd be like a swanling or... But yeah. Like, like you a, know, you got ducks, ducks ducklings. Duckling, chicken. Yeah, a chick. Oh, we've got a signet. Yeah. <laughs> not not many people know that. Like, it's a very underrated fact and it's, it's, yeah. it's a really good one. Um just doesn't add one up. that one that you can answer. Rich has probably asked you before, but he are, this this was his his turned into a question rather than a random fact. But why don't you see sheep and deer together too much? I personally believe it's because the sheep let off a lot of smell. Yeah, and they smell a lot, and they're quite noisy when they're in a um, flock of sheep. So, yeah, um, I think the sense of the smell for a deer. Um, it, it's hard to decipher through that. Yeah, so that's that's what we spoke about. Um, I actually did get a message about it. Yeah. So the reason why you don't see de- uh, sheep and deer together, sheep eat a lot of the good feed down low and often will compete out-compete other animals for feed like cattle. More often than not, cattle will starve and go poor if they share a paddock with sheep. That's because they can't chew below that point. Yeah, right. and that's actually sheep awesome. are greedy. So, yeah, that was a, a great bit of um, information from Cody. So That's awesome. Um, well done, that, that answered uh, Rich's question pretty but well. It's like my sheep grazing country as well. That's like my brother's place as well where I do a lot of hunting. Um, you know, he's got 20-odd thousand sheep there. Yeah. So they chew the feed down a bit. And excuse me, if you want to hunt the um, where the deer are, go where the sheep aren't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that uh, last episode. Yeah. So what what's the social media we can find you on, man? What's your Instagram handle, your Facebook? Yeah, well, just on Facebook, it's just Joshua Haynes. Yeah. Um, and on Instagram, it's Haynesy03. Yep. So seven. 0307? Yep. yep. Okay, I'll uh, chuck that in the show notes for anyone, but if anyone has any questions and wants wants to ask him anything about whether it's hunting-related questions, gear-related questions, yep. butchering, butchering, anything, processing, yep. you Just know, hit me up you're the man. Ask me. Well, I'm not the man, but I, I can answer it to my best ability anyway and just help you guys. And out. that ability is much, much better than most people these days, but... Um, yeah, so I'd like to thank you for coming on, you know. Thank you for bringing those lamb chops for dinner. They, no were, they were bloody awesome. Thank you for the uh, stick of Metwurst. I uh, 
cannot wait to i had some of that last lot i got from you and that was you know just watching your stories of of you making it that that chili one you made the other day my yeah. mouth was watering i was like that was good trying to lick the screen trying to get onto <laughs> it you know well this one's um herb and garlic so um, it's uh, just a i weighed it out and just mixed bagged it and she's yeah pretty good I'm yeah i've I seen good. seen your story smoking them the other day and <laughs> oh, it was just insane but but thank you for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Thanks for having us. Not a problem. So thanks for Josh for joining us today. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, please check out and find us on our social medias. Uh, Instagram is at Hunting Connection Podcast. Facebook, Hunting Connection Podcast. Twitter is at Hunting Connect. Also, please subscribe on whatever podcast app you are listening on. And if you enjoy... Rate it, give it a review, good or bad. I'd love to know what you think.